AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldis.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Manny Akintayo. Manny is the co-founder and CTO at Gentem. Manny, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to you have me here. Excellent. So, Manny, let's start with yourself. Can, can you give a, a brief overview of your background, where you got started in technology? Walk us through your journey and take us up to just before you founded Gentem. So I'm Manny, co-founder CTO at Gentem. My career started in the finance sector with J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, I worked as an engineer uh, building backend systems for the bank. Graduated from Penn State with an electrical engineering degree. Uh, shortly after that, I uh, got my master's and then moved on to the bank. One of the projects that I like to highlight um, when I talk about my background is the uh, project we worked with with a credit card. Uh, industry as they were migrating from credit cards without the chip and pin that you guys know and we all use today um, to the credit cards with the chip and pin. Um, so I, my team at the time was responsible for building some of the technologies to support that type of uh, credit card. So I spent some time there, left the bank for consulting. So I joined Accenture as an engineering manager. And I was also really my first introduction to the healthcare industry. So at Accenture, I worked with uh, their big healthcare Fortune 500 clients to uh, solve various problems. Um, the one client I worked with at the time was Blue Cross Blue Shields, um, and I led the team in Accenture that built a claims and benefit management platform to support uh, claims processing and, and benefit enrollment for their members, so for Blue Cross Blue Shield members. After my time at Accenture, um, obviously being entrepreneurial, I wanted to get some experience in the startup world. Um, knew that one, at some point I'm, I would want to start my own business, wanted to learn about how to build a business from the ground up and also the technology uh, um, challenges that you face because it's very different from working at a large corporation. So I joined as one of the early engineers, a startup called OfferUp um, and saw a lot of people, some people are, are familiar with OfferUp, others not, but it's at the time was a mobile marketplace, so similar to Craigslist. And the innovation was there were uh, basically a Craigslist mobile app. So joined as one of the early engineers there, but just happened to join at a time when they had raised a decent chunk of money. So um, within the span of, uh, I'd probably say a year and a half, they grew from a team of 50 plus to hundreds. Of um, of um, employees, and you know, one of one of the things I valued about the experience there was I was able to uh, learn how to quickly scale a company, um, a startup, as well as some of the technology challenges that you face while doing that. So, you know, towards the end of my time there, I wanted to start working with data at scale. I joined the monetization team because they were working to uh, introduce ads into the platform. And my interest in ads and data led me to Facebook, uh, where I uh, joined Facebook um, video ads team. 
so this is still way back when video ads was a very small portion of Facebook's uh, revenue. And it was a small team, almost like a startup within Facebook, um, responsible for increasing uh, the revenue, Facebook's revenue, by uh, r running uh, ads on videos. And it was a, it was, it's, it was a, your classical big data problem, right? Um, there's a lot of data about videos, um, a lot of video content, but we're trying to figure out how to uh, effectively run ads. You put the ads in front of the video, nobody watches the video. You put the ads at the end of the video, um, and no one watches the ad. So, you know, we put the ad in the middle of the video. <laughs> And mid-roll video ads was born. Uh, it became uh, profitable and an, uh, another revenue stream for Facebook. And um, how yeah, Facebook could make money from um, um, video videos. You know, towards the end of my time there, we we're able to grow that revenue stream to about a billion dollars. So you know, it was at that point as I was uh, getting to the tail end of my time at Facebook, I started to consider different options, you know, what I wanted to do next, um, you know, instead of leaning towards entrepreneurship. Uh, coincidentally, my co-founder, Desire at the time, was also um, in that part of his life where he was thinking about his next gig. He had just recently quit his uh, company. It was a private equity shop he was working at. Um, I've known him for a very long time, my co-founder, for a very long time now. And he um, he was also incubating this idea coincidentally, which is Gentem today. Um, during that time, we had reached out, we discussed, he pitched the idea to me. Um, you know, right timing. I uh, also was considering uh, leaving uh, at the time as well. So, you know, I I discussed with some family members that were in the industry. I remember from my time uh, in uh, in Accenture. And my experience with healthcare, then I knew there was, I knew there was something there, right? And, and so uh, he quit his job a couple months prior to I did. I quit my job um, shortly after, and this is around May 20, 2019. And um, uh, Gentem, our company, uh, uh, was was uh, born, uh, uh, created uh, shortly after. Excellent. Well, listen, I appreciate that overview. It's it's good to learn about how at each point the decision making behind your moves and, and what it's all now led to here at, at Gentem. So, Manny, we appreciate that background on yourself and, and great segue into Gentem. So, from a, from the top, can you explain Gentem, who you are as a business, the space and the industry which you're operating, and then the mission for the company overall? Yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks a lot uh, for having me here and the, the question. Um, so, you know, Gentem, we're a Silicon Valley-based fintech startup, uh, and we're building a SaaS platform to power the future re of reimbursements for private medical practices. Um, in terms of the space we're involved in, it's the revenue cycle process, so billing specifically payments. Um, there, but there are a few things we're doing very differently that I'm going to touch on uh, shortly here. But our mission is very simple. We want to accelerate inc and increase reimbursements so private practices never have to worry about revenue again and can really just focus on their patients. Now, approach, um, as I'd mentioned, is a, is a major shift from the status quo. Um, we put user the user experience at the core of what we do, and we uh, we try to elevate the quality um, of the of the user experience while at the same time uh, reduce the cost 
associated uh, with the billing um, uh, process uh, for these private medical practices. So if you think about the private medical practice, right, unlike your big healthcare systems, these are your independent doctors really just trying to survive and thrive. And a big part of the time spent uh, and time uh, wasted is on billing and the revenue cycle. Um, it's very, very um, time consuming, specifically because you have manual administrative tasks um, that, that, that have to occur in order to process a bill. Um, so I like to think about, you know, yeah, your average doctor, try, you know, average um, independent physician trying to, trying to run their business. They're seeing patients, which is how they get paid, which is what also they love doing. But hey, by the way, they have to spend, you know, another 50% of their time, you know, call, following up with payers on a phone call or, you know, paperwork on documentation in order to just get paid, you know. And, and so, so on the one end, you have rising um, time and, uh, and administrative costs. And then in addition to that, you have a significant complexity, right? Um, you have this, the, the, the process in which, in, in which they have to create these claims only getting more and more complex. And then to, and then to top it all off, um, there's very little transparency into the process. Um, you have your doctors most times, and I'm talking about your independent physicians, uh, you know, most times they have no clue um, how much they're going to get paid a month from now, how much they're going to get paid uh, two months from now, because maybe denials go up. Maybe, you know, rules change for a specific payer and, uh, and denials go up. Denials go up and, and it results to, to um, an extension which to the time they get paid. So may, maybe something, uh, uh, a bill that they submit, sorry, that, that should have that should have been paid in you know 14 dates end up being and ends up being paid in um you know 30 60 uh 90 days later so what we what we've done here is simple we take we've taken a a process that is highly manual um very complex um very little transparency and we've built an intelligent automation automated platform um we've used ai to to automate the administrative administrative task involved in this process, um, and then uh, a very delightful platform to simplify uh, the process completely. So the software platform, as uh, along with you know um, a solid um, operational staff, and then lastly, for every claim uh, that we process in our system, we actually if the doctor opts, opts in, um, provide a cash advance. So we pay them up front for the claim so they don't have to wait 30, 60, 90 days uh, to get paid by the insurance company. And then whenever the insurance company reimburses, we take our cash advance back and, and charge them a fee. And so, you know, this is really uh, what, we're, what we're doing here that's different. And, you know, we're leveraging technology such as artificial intelligence, automation, um, to really streamline, accelerate, and increase the reimbursement process uh, for these independent physicians. Amazing. Thank you for that overview. An incredible mission in a space that absolutely needs this type of disruptive service.
Thanks, Manny. So can you give us some insight into some of the big technological challenges that you're you're trying to solve by doing this and, and how the use of, of data within healthcare payments is is quite a unique challenge that you wouldn't have faced in, in maybe some of the other areas that you worked? When I think about uh, some of the problems we're trying to solve, I like to break it out into phases, um, and given uh, the way our company has evolved. So when we first started, um, we're a fintech company, a big part of what we do is uh, we actually offer cash advances to um, the private physicians that we work with. Um, so for every claim that we process through our system, we offer a cash advance. So when we first started, the prob first problem we really had to solve was um, how do we effectively price a claim? How do we effectively price a bill that a, that a doctor um, doctor submits to us the reason why that's important is because that 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 bill that we price uh becomes um the cash advance we make to the doctor and then sometime in the future the insurance company reimburses uh for that claim or that bill um and depending on the delta so how much we advance versus how much the insurance company reimbursed uh, we make a fee on that on that um, on that bill, and so um, it's a classical data problem, right? How do you go ahead and determine um, how much a claim is worth? We started off with you know your standard regression model. Um, we used that to to get close to it. Over time, uh, we acquired other data assets uh, belonging to the practice, such as historical claim volumes, contractual obligations. So what the contract they have with that payer specifies they would make. And then we use that to further um, further hone or improve the, the algorithm that, that we use to price the claim. Now, um, we're still working on that. And the reason I say that is because, you know, when I think of AI, it's really a journey. You don't ever really stop, right? And, and you're improving on models and you're using that to the, the lessons learned or your models learnings to to get better at what you do so we early on that was the first problem we had to solve moving on um as we started to as we started to build our own billing system a big part of the problem we're now trying to solve is around intelligent automation um and I say intelligent automation because there, there's so many different ways you can automate a workflow or, pro or a process right and the and there's so many ways that process can be um, the the result of that process can can affect um, the efficiency of the process. And so you know your naive automation is just automating specific routine task and then using that to without um, the result of the automation to 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 run the process. While you have um, some automation or intelligent automation system that's able to learn from the result of the automation to improve the accuracy and um, automation coverage of the workflow you're trying to, to automate. So um, looking into some of the challenges, uh, we, uh, some of the challenges we're using, uh, we're, we have now and what we're using data for, um, intelligent automation is a big piece of it. Uh, this, is a, this is at the cornerstone of the claim processing uh, and, and um, reimbursement rate. 
um, so the more claims we're able to process correctly, the, the quicker the doctor gets paid and the more um, they get paid. And so we, we need to build um, intelligent automation systems that are able to learn from, from itself, from the output and improve the, the uh, automation experience. Lastly, um, a big part of uh, uh, the revenue cycle is really around um, benefit verification. So understanding uh, the extent at which a patient is covered for a procedure or a service. And then also being able to predict how much the patient is going to, to might pay for that service. Um, it's very important because it ties into transparency and, and I'm really just providing a transparent experience for a patient. I, I like to say, you know, imagine a world where you're going to a doctor's office and you under, and you know how much you're going to pay for the services that a doctor doctor uh, wants to provide. Um, how do we get there? We need to understand uh, what goes into the services. Uh, we need to understand what the prices are. We need to be able to. We need to understand the patient's um, benefits. Uh, what the, their insurance uh, is going to pay for in order to determine uh, the patient's uh, responsibility. Completely agree, Manny. When you think of the complexity of healthcare within the US, one of the biggest areas is the unknown cost associated with treatment. And if anyone can can make some improvements on that, the benefit on all sides is, is obvious. So um, it's great to see that you guys are trying to tackle that. I, I want to focus now on, on the journey that you've had thus far. You obviously founded the business officially in June of 2019. Um, we're, co we're coming up on two years now. What are some of the learns that you've had looking at the last two years, particularly with the challenges of COVID? Uh, um, what are some of the biggest achievements that you, you're proud of so far? I, I want to answer that question in two folds. I want to answer it from a, from a business standpoint and then also from, um, from an en uh, engineering product uh, data standpoint. Um, so from, a, from an engineering product data standpoint, you know, you start off um, when trying to build an AI uh, company and the first thing you're going to realize is that you know uh, there's not a lot of data when you first start right um, there isn't a lot of data uh, you're learning a lot as you go um, some hypotheses you started with are just flat out wrong um, and then there are also challenges in in acquiring the data um, so in our case specifically in healthcare you know healthcare um, you have regulation challenges uh, HIPAA you have to be HIPAA compliant um, you have to um, obviously do it in a secure manner. Um, the data acquisition of the data, um, unless you're paying for it or you're accessing accessing anonymized uh, publicly accessible data sets, uh, typically you have to build integrations with the, with the uh, practices to achieve uh, or get the data you want. So in the in the early days you need to think of very creative ways to solve your problem so in our particular case we're trying to figure out how do we actually accurately price a claim um associated with with a a, a patient's uh visit or a bill that insurance that a doctor submits to an insurance company and you know initially we started very scrappy we built regression models using the data set of the of the of the doctor or the practice uh, um, alone, but then over time, as as we got more mature, um, we were able to access and build integrations to more sophisticated platforms to 
to to get better at um at making that decision. But I think a major lessons learned there was just um always um orienting for action, right? Um trying to trying to contextualize your problem around two things. One is specifically how do I solve the problem I have today? Um, how do I do it in a scrappy manner? Because you're a startup. Um, and then how do I make sure that the problem I'm solving or the way I solve that problem is scalable to, to the future states if I ever get there? So, and, and uh, from a business standpoint, you know, one of the biggest lessons learned for us was just um, the ability to be to really be um, flexible and, and amiable to your environment, right? So we started the company Gentem um, literally six, seven months before uh, the pandemic. You know, we've actually ran the company uh, longer in the pandemic than we have uh, in the pandemic, and so. You know, there are a lot of assumptions you make prior to a pandemic that um, are literally not possible, right? So initially, we, when we started off, we would, well, as we we're acquiring uh, doctors, we would literally fly out to the practices and and go through an onboarding process with them. We get their data uh, literally by flying out, and I, I would go in there, access their EMR system if it's, on, if it's an on-premise platform, and literally uh, download the data, right? Um, all of this was possible pre-COVID, uh, pre-pandemic. And then you fast forward to March of 2020, and you know, you have to basically do all of this in a, a, a in a distributed setting, right? Um and you know, as a as a startup, you you adapt fast or you die, right? Um and and you know, one of the biggest lessons learned um is really there's really that, right? Really just being able to re reestablish the team. And you know, this this kudos to our team and um um you know my my co-founder as well and everyone else, just really being able to be adaptable and 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 come up with other creative ways to solve that problem beyond just flying out and, and meeting the person, uh the doctor in person. Now obviously we knew that wasn't going to scale and we weren't doing that for every, the plan wasn't to do that for every single um organization obviously because that doesn't scale but uh you know we would have probably um not have done as quick or switch our strategy as quick as we had to um if not for, for for the pandemic and then also just recruiting right um how do you recruit engineers how do you recruit talent how do you recruit the best data scientist best the best uh, software engineer to your company in a world where you know you're unable to even meet the person, how do you build uh, camaraderie with that person? How do you build a culture, right? And so these were challenges that we weren't even um, concerned about uh, prior to the pandemic, but became real issues um, during the pandemic because all of a sudden I found myself um, having to pitch people the uh, Gentem over over a phone call, you know, and, and convince you know an engineer working at Google or Facebook or wherever it might be to uh, you know quit their cushy job to, to, to and, and take a chance with you know a startup in in San Francisco. Yeah, I, I can certainly relate to that myself. But I, I think it's great to hear you be so candid about the challenges 
um, but also what's worked and the ability to, to pivot and how it's forced you to adapt. And I know from previous conversations with you and, and some of your colleagues that it is working and you guys are having success and it, it's been very exciting. Um, the, the last point you made there was about uh, speaking to talent about Gentem and the journey. Talk us through that, because obviously it's very exciting to look ahead. The The space that you're operating in is uh, is incredible and it's hugely in demand. So give us some insight into your vision of the future of Gentem and what it would be like for engineers and scientists who, who come on board at this time. Yeah, yeah, great, great question. Um, before I touch on that, I want to cover the last piece of your question, which was around um, uh, just some of the success stories. I think a big success story for us as is um, the the progress we've seen in the telehealth space. Um, so shortly after the pandemic, um, you had a, you had a lot of telehealth platforms that um, basically had to step up and provide other access to care for folks that desperately needed it, but couldn't access it because of, um, of, of the pandemic. Uh, so you have uh, telehealth platforms in the therapy space, for example, that have spun up such as Cerebro um, to really um, fill in that gap and void. And you know, a big success story for us is we've been able to work with a few telehealth platforms to, to help solve that problem basically and provide um, another avenue for folks to get care uh during during the pandemic when um sometimes in some cases uh at this in the early days it was impossible to meet your your physician um in person yeah so going into your to your your follow-up question right our vision for gentem you know i i i'd like to look at this like this right um our vision really is to revive the private medical practice and help providers remain independent Okay, it's a very big vision. Um, the reason it's a problem is because of how much waste, uh, complexity, and and, um, and issues um, are, are involved in in the in the um, healthcare transaction space today, right? So you have situations where you have uh, doctors, private practices, just really giving up or burning out because they're unable to keep up with the billing process, the complexity involved in the billing process, um, the admi administrative overhead. You have folks spending 50, 60% of their time on, in, in, uh, on paperwork, all right, uh, to get paid. And, and, and if you ask any doctor, they will tell you they would rather be seeing their patients, they would rather uh, be providing care. So when I look at the future, um, uh, it's, it's, it's very simple. We, we want to be able to enable these doctors. We want to make them um, thrive. We want to make them remain independent if they choose to. Um, and the way we get there is by building infrastructure, by reinventing the infrastructure um, that drives uh, the billing process, the revenue cycle process, which is where they're spending a lot of time on. So they don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, and they can focus on seeing patients and doing what they love to do. Excellent, Manny. So final question from me then. You, you guys are, are obviously growing. You're looking to bring in people across the spectrum of skill sets within data. Can you help us visualize what the next 12 months like? Twelve months look like for Gentem? What sort of career opportunities are there going to be and, and the types of uh, people that you're looking to interview? You know, I like to break the year into halves. So first six months and then the next six months, 
Um, so the first six months is really about building the core team to support uh, two aspects, which is insurance billing and patient billing. Um, so this means hiring software engineers, hiring infrastructure engineers, and really being able to support the growth that's going to happen um, as a result of, um, of, of, of the capital we've raised, as well as um, um, the customers that we're, that we're adding and some of the engineering challenges that, that, that come from doing that. Now, once that's done the first half, and, and this just literally means hiring uh, software engineers and a handful of data engineers and infrastructure, infrastructure engineers to, to solve that problem, um, the next, next, uh, next phase, uh, next half of the year, H2 of the year, we're gonna be looking at really expanding our data team, um, expanding our data science team and, and getting folks uh, smart folks uh, that can really help take some of the models we've built to the next level. And you know, I, I mentioned this earlier about the AI journey, right? And the data journey. It's it, it doesn't stop, right? So you don't build one model or one project and you're done with it. So you, you're you're iterating and you're trying to get better at it. And so part of part of what we're going to do is build teams to help support our claim pricing um, initiative, which so we can get better at that. Um, build teams to help support the intelligent automation initiative so we can get better at that and we're going to hire a data scientist to support that initiative and then lastly build uh, uh, teams to support uh, our eligibility and benefit uh, verification initiative and we're going to hire a data scientists uh, and a data team to support that initiative as well amazing uh, truly an exciting time for gen Tem and um great things in store Manny, we really appreciate you coming on today and talking to us about your your background in detail. I appreciate you being so candid, giving us insight into Gentem, the the mission, the the future, and the many great career opportunities that there are going to be for people who are interested in this space. We thank you again for your time and wish you guys all the best on your journey. Thanks a lot, and thanks for having me here. AI Action is brought to you by Aulus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aulus offer an exec search program. Aulus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. Get the Aulus advantage. Become a member of the Aulus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all its members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career and more. Become an Aldis member and get the Aldis advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldis.com. That's www.aldus.com. Aldus International, empowering through AI.